how to start this, but this is the first um, episode of Binge Podcast. And at Binge Podcast, we dissect popular television content, streaming on all platforms, um, from comedies to dramedies, um, from scandalous content to political satire. We do it all. And I chose to cover Johnson, produced by Cedric the Entertainer, Eric C. Rohn, Thomas Q. Jones, Deji LeRae, because I actually got a chance to go on set and watch them work. And I was so impressed with just the way in which everything kind of went down. And then one of my clients, because of course, I am in publicity, Ava Medina. A lot of people know me, a lot of people don't. Um, my agency is Medina Media Creative. And on a random day on set with my client, uh, Comedian Earthquake, I experienced Johnson. And the professionalism, the quality of the production, it just kind of impressed me and I took it upon myself to binge. And when I did, I was so happy with what I saw. So for those of you that don't know, um, Johnson actually airs on the Bounce TV network and it streams from um, Brown Sugar, which is owned by Bounce TV. I don't know if anybody knows that. So Brown Sugar is an app? Brown it's Sugar is a streaming app? Brown Sugar is a streaming app. Okay. And um, it's a little bit obscure if you don't know about it. But apparently, Bounce owns it, and that's why um, Johnson is streaming from there. So a little bit of background on Johnson. Johnson is a dramedy that focuses on lifelong best friends, all of whom share the same last name, centering around their intriguing and sometimes complicated journey of love, friendship, heartbreak, and personal growth. Told from the black male perspective, but inclusive of all men, the series looks to shine a new light on hot-button stereotypes and misconceptions. Shot in the A, the show integrates the culture of the city by featuring some of its most popular landmarks into the storylines. So as the story opens up, as the show opens up, um, Cedric the Entertainer um, has chosen D.L. Hughley to play Eugene Johnson, the uncle of one of the gentlemen, um, Omar Johnson, played by Thomas Q. Jones. And he is none other than a radio personality, um, kind of like relationship, I guess, advice or various topics, pretty much like what he does anyway on um, the D.L. Hughley show, morning show. And he he's basically addressing the fact that it's cold. It's it's cuddle season, cuffing season. I think that's what they call it when it's cold it's outside. De it's definitely cuffing season. It's cuffing season. Well, not right now. Well, right I now know it's, it's about not. to be hot girl summer. It is hot girl summer. But in the context, well, uh, cuffing season starts about September ish, September okay. October ish, and lasts until well, depending on. Who's involved probably right before Valentine's Day. Okay. Okay, so yeah, he um I think I kind of fell in love with the the line that was just so bold and, and he says, you know, black men love your black women. 
So at first I got the sense it was going to be like heavily preachy and it kind of wasn't. It was just laid back and gently nudging topics that didn't seem overly, you know, um, made front and center. They didn't push agendas. They just kind of go through life. Um, four different guys. Omar. So, so I'm sorry to cut you off. What? So in so just in your opinion, which storyline do you feel is more impactful? Like which one when you were first watching episode one? Because I could tell you mine. Um, that spoke to you and, and, it, and it made you be more engaged with the show. So... Um, I don't know. I will tell you this though. Mm-hmm. The inch the the first scene, they're all in the mirror getting dressed. I love and that it, scene. I love it too because it took me back to Sex in the City. Yes. There is an episode of Sex in the City that opens with all the girls getting dressed. Mm-hmm. And they're about to go out. And I, And it's just nothing more than seeing four beautiful black men getting dressed. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but it was just so reminiscent of that to me. Yeah. It took me there. Um, and it was, I mean, is it basically was, it's almost as if they just kind of clipped it from there and Mm -hmm. put it into present day black men. Mm -hmm. And we get to see four very different men, Mm -hmm. um, with a common bond, not just their last name. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's kind of like a moral bond though. And they don't say that, but they're just good vibe guys. Yeah. 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 yeah, So like, you don't have one that's a derelict. You don't have one that's like trifling you have like various versions of good yes yes that's perfectly put because i was gonna say even like in when you know when they get into each of their roles and all of their occupations and the way of life it's all very functional and sophisticated and professional but they all got their own personalities it's it's very well how they did that yeah they did and and I think the most um, compelling, I guess the, all of the storylines are interesting to me. And I think the first thing that came to mind was type, mm-hmm. right? Because we see them preparing for a night out and they're going out because Omar, who's played by Thomas Q. Jones, he is in the middle of a divorce. Oh, um, He has a wife and one son, beautiful Woman of color, brown sister. Yes, she is. Yes. Shout out to the production team for casting black women of all hues. Yes. Which I thought was very beautiful. That's that. That's one of my favorite things about the show is that they that black women or just women of color come in different hues, shapes, sizes. It wasn't one particular black woman that all of the men were attracted to. Yeah, they were different. Everybody was different. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, while we're, we see them pull up in the car, I think it's a Range Rover, if I'm not mistaken, they pull up in a Range Rover and, um, you know, um, (laughs) Keith who plays the kind of, I don't even really want to call him a nerd because he's artsy. He's kind of, um, green a little bit. He's the nice guy. He's the nice Keith guy. He is the nice guy. He is. He he's, is. He's through a, and through. Yep. He's the nice guy. He's and and I think one of our producers were arguing with me. Was he gullible? Is he gullible? I don't know if he's gullible. I think he just wants to believe that uh, the people are inherently good. 
Yes. And he wants to give people a chance to to prove him wrong. He doesn't want to. He's not a cynic. Yeah. Yeah. I I think gullible. I can understand why they probably thought that, but it's kind of a a surface word for Keith. I think it's like you said. It's like he wants to believe the the good, even when he sees the the red flags that something may not be all the way right, but he kind of bypasses it to try to see if there's something more. It's kind of like he's got an unspoken rule of three strikes, you're out. He's not going to say it. He's not going to live it, but he's going to kind of like in his mind say, okay, this doesn't look right. This doesn't sound right. I'll try one more time. And they jump out. He gets left in the car. And we see that like all of the the unlikely happenstances kind of happen to him. Mm-hmm. But what's funny to me is they say, well, this is your divorce party. And and then um, I think it's Greg that says, don't say that. We we said we weren't going to say that. It's either Greg or Jarvis who says, we're not going to say that. I think it's that. Jarvis. I think Jarvis said that. Which is my the first inclination that we get that Omar doesn't want to be divorced. Yeah. He's not happy about it. Yeah. And um, as they're about to go into the bar or to the lounge, his wife pulls up with one of her one of her little, you know, homies or whatever. Yeah, and, and they kind of bump into each other at the club. Yeah, and it's it was it was really really crazy to me that she seemed um, in good space, you know, yeah. comfortable in her. Skin, she was ready to be outside, kind of happy. Yeah, yeah. and she he seemed kind of begrudging of it. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be doing this. Yeah. You know, you guys are forcing my hand. They're just trying to kind of you know find the little sunshine in his darkness and he's just like i'd rather just be dark yeah um so yeah that happens and of course um after there there's only one table mm-hmm. and um the the bouncer is trying to figure out who to give it to and find they they kind of flip a coin of sorts where they have to guess a number from one to ten and she guessed closest and she flexed with her her corporate card. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'll put it on my card, and there we'll put it on their card. So, she, which I I appreciated that scene a little bit because I think it's a great way of showing that type of scenario where a man wants to keep his marriage, he wants to be married, he wants to be with the person he loves, and then sometimes is those type of women that. You know, they don't want to be married. They they want to be outside. They want to be with their single friends. And, you know, sometimes, you know, they don't really know. In the moment, it's fun, but they don't really know that, you know, the dating pool may not be as great as they think. And, you know, you you kind of under underappreciating a good man. Well, I don't know. I mean, because, of course, we can't talk about the rest of the season, right? Because we got to go yeah, like, show step for by show. Step. Yeah, sure. But. I think you'll be surprised at how she really does feel. But okay. I will say this. Um, he, you know, I just thought it was interesting that she kind of flexed her financial muscle. Yeah. I got it. It's on my car. A yeah. real car. That's what she says. Ugh. And so, you know, what do we, at this point, we don't know what, what um, Omar does for a living. We no, know that we they're, don't. they're treating him because it's his night, right? So yeah. it's not like he don't have it. But she kind of flexes against Jarvis, mm-hmm. who is, you know, we, we learned he's successful. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, it was interesting that she did that. And then they go to some s- crazy restaurant where it's just really like a late night kind of <laughs> diner. And they find out that um, Keith is still following everybody in social media and liking and commenting. So 
I guess he that I, fractures the bro code a little bit. Yes. Listen, men have a thing about their bros following their girls on social media. I don't know if if you experience that a lot, but definitely us millennials, like it's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah, I did. Um I when I did the screening for Greenleaf. Uh-huh. Um, there were all these pictures um, that were in everybody's story, mm-hmm. and I had a an, a, a former in, entanglement. My ex oh, stopped dude. following me, mm-hmm. and stopped following me as soon he kept as soon as he kept seeing all the tagging. Like what? he saw, he, uh, he stopped then. That he he had not stopped until Greenleaf, and then when Greenleaf's screening came, then it was. All of a sudden, he was oh he he completely blocked me. He didn't want to see it. Wow! Some of his friends were at my screening, and they saw they were embracing me and hugging and you know chucking the deuces and the whole yeah. whatnot. And they he didn't like that. I think that I think that in the circle on the back with to the scene in particular, I thought that was very kind of nuanced how you know a bunch of dudes they all sitting at a table they chopping it up they eating they're trying to celebrate their boy and then they find out that one of their homies follows their ex or someone they're dating currently and it's like a why you doing that and it's just like he just oh it's like a betrayal yeah and he didn't know keith was so like like, oh we're not following that oh we're not doing that like (laughs) then he goes does today count because she had a good recipe on there. Yeah. Like, he's like, once squad, always squad. Yeah. And like, like, he's yeah, just no. like, I didn't know that. That just goes for us, not for, not for them. Nah, I, th- so I think it goes for them, too. I think that was the genius of that scene that, no, we're more similar than we are. Unlike. Different. Yeah. Well, yeah. different. Yeah. I think, no problem. I think that's a great scene. So then um, we see that um, Greg has a love interest. That's my favorite storyline. Is it? Gregory is my favorite storyline. Greg has a love interest. Um, her name is Serena. Yes. Gorgeous girl. Yes. Um, played by Terry Abney. And Serena is either a nurse or a practitioner. She's definitely in a medical I think field. she's a nurse. But, yeah. She works overnight shifts. She comes home and he's making her breakfast. Now, let me say how funny this is to me. Why dudes always like cook two of the wrong things on a plate and call it a meal? Like if you ever pay attention, dudes do this. They I, that's that was the most accurate and funny yeah. little tidbit that no one picked up on. I think. Like they do corn and mashed potatoes. That, well, I think it's nothing wrong with corn and mashed potatoes. That's both starch. But I think it's something wrong with like meat with no sides. Yeah, but they size be like mashed potatoes. It, rice. It's always yeah, like that's yeah, thing. that's what mashed I'm saying. Mashed potatoes and rice because people don't know that corn. Like everybody don't know that corn is a starch, so yeah. corn could be still seen as a veggie, right? Right. So maybe corn and mashed potatoes is not so far fetched, but it's always like rice and French fries or like yeah. who does that shit? Yeah. So it's like he cooks these horrible pancakes that are burnt to a crisp <laughs> with grits. Where's the eggs? Where's the sausage? Yeah, I didn't get that. Big dudes do that. Yeah, they, 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 they don't do. have a sense of balance. Yeah. Yeah. It's either steak and that's well, it. Well, maybe it's not they don't have a sense of balance, but they just want excess of what they like. So if yes. I like if I like pancakes and grits and hash browns, Dude, I have to have I went out on a date one time and the guy was like, I'm going to put some food on the grill. I said, okay. And I was excited. This was years ago. 
And I get to the place and the steak was amazing. But he literally takes it off with a, a fork and gives it to me. I don't have a plate. There are oh, no sides. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. They don't understand. They just eat. Yeah. And guess what's worse? Mm-hmm. We don't feed them like that. But that doesn't resonate either. No, their mama don't feed them like that. Yeah. And they, that doesn't stick. That's why I think, I don't think it's them not having balance. It's just they want what the, whatever they like. They need it in excess. Before she gets to the table, she sees his car in the yard and she's so happy. Mm-hmm. Right? She's smiling. Yes. He has a beautiful black drop top Cadillac. I wonder what year it is. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And he, um, she, you know, she's glad he's cooking. He's, this is the setup she wants. She wants to come home and he's there. And he says, Hey, you know, I just put my place up for Airbnb. So I figured I'd hang out with you. She'd already given him a key, given him a key. And he, she was like, Oh, okay. So I'm yet convenient for you again. I love that scene. I love that statement. The reason why Gregory's for me is my favorite is because it is a true depiction of dating. If you're if you're in between 25 and 35, that's dating for us right now. And it's just a clear accurate depiction of when two young people they like each other. They vibe with each other. There's a synergy. There's a chemistry. And it's no denying it. But someone always has one foot out the door for whatever that reason is. Well, they can't I, I, don't even, I don't even think it's just 25 to 35. I think it's 21st century single man, almost of all ages. I think it's we don't date. It's no longer boy meets girl, boy likes girl. Yeah. It's boy meets girl, boy assesses girl. Yeah. Right? And I'm not saying this is what Greg's doing because Greg likes her. You know, we learn down into the storyline that he his nose is actually pretty open. No, but you can tell. He likes her. You can tell with certain things and how he's moving. You can definitely tell that he's 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 gravitated towards her in a way that he looks at her long term. Yeah, he looks at her in a real way, right? Yes. But because he realizes one thing, if she is a convenience for me, I need to do my part, right? right? So she says, hey, you know, you, you, you have your car insurance and this address because it's cheaper, mm-hmm. right? You're staying here, you know, because you're trying to Airbnb your place. That's not why I gave you that key. Right. So basically what she says without saying is you didn't choose this. This worked for you. Yes. But then in his rebuttal, he was like, I cut the grass grass every week. I change your oil. And I think that was a great way for them to do that because I think our version of what committed or invested is, is different from men. Yeah. And I think men feel like if I do this, this, and this, then I'm invested. And I think you should know that I'm invested. Right. But women just have other other things on our checklist that we feel like need to be met in order for us to really feel their investment. Well, because don't we know the guy that says, oh, yeah, this works for me. If I'm with her, I get to do all of these different things. And this, yeah, I could benefit here. I could benefit here. And then he's not reciprocal. Mm-hmm. At least 
Greg is reciprocal. He is. I, but I, he still has one foot out and one foot in. Yeah, and that goes into that saying, like, um, what some women say, um, you you love me based on what you think. Like, you love me based on how you think you're supposed to love me, not the way I want to be loved. There goes those five love languages. I know, but but some but some women they feel like that. They feel like he can be doing this, 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 and this, but I'm still not sure because he's not giving me this. And it's not an invalid feeling. However, I think that sometimes the scope should be opened up a little bit so we can say, "Hey, this one thing you may need." I don't know if it's if it weighs as much as him doing all of those. I things. think it's a matter of time, right? I yeah. think that men need more time. Yes. And I think the problem with that, this is where it's really an impasse, is that women are taught that we have to teach men how to treat us. Yes. So we are we're in this gray space between teaching a man how to treat us and not forcing his hand. Allowing yes. him to move in his own time, but fearful that if we give him too much time, time. he's creating bad habits with us. That or he just I mean? or he just becomes com- comfortable in where where we are. Right, and I and that's why I love his storyline in particular because it is that fear of you know someone that is interested and there's chemistry and you really like this guy, but he's not moving at the pace. You feel like he should be moving and you're fearful of moving too fast. And then you blow it all up altogether or moving too slow. And then you settle for a relationship you never really, you know, bargained for. Well, yeah, absolutely. And and so as the story goes, um, you know, once she's happy with, or at least content with his responses, right? We go into, unfortunately, um, Omar's reality where mm-hmm. he's in his attorney's office. Yes. And she's updating him on his wife's filing. Yes. Um, apparently, the attorney went to college with Omar. Yes. I caught um, that. Yeah. Is there not a synergy there? You know, when I first saw that scene, I thought she was more compatible. I felt like there I was, felt a like there was a vibe going yes. on. Just a little bit. When she said, I never knew that about you. When he was, she was like, hey, we yeah. got some bourbon. He was like, I'm a tequila guy. And he, she goes, oh, uh, you, were, you were on dark in college. Yeah. And they kind of had like a little throwback memory straight out of Henny. Yeah, I feel she, like there's there's and, something yeah, there. And when she said, um, he said, I'm a tequila guy. And she goes, I never knew that about you. That let me know that she knows quite a bit about him. Yes. And we or, don't really know or why. She, or she knows a version of him. that That's not current. That's not current. And yep. maybe we'll we'll start learning that. Down I line. hope that they do that. Yeah. That would be very interesting. I think, I think, well, of course, you know, a lot of stories, you know, once they character develop and get us invested, then they'll start breaking down. You know what I noticed about Johnson, though? I think that they're being very careful to keep these black men decent. Yes. And it's not because it's not a reality. It is because the other realities about who black men are over, over, overtake perspective like Mm -hmm. societal perspectives Mm -hmm. like there's so many horrible things being said about who they are and there's so many horrible things that they actually do yes um generally speaking that the things that they do that are amazing 
or the actual normal. And I hate to say that because that's subjective, right? Right. But what we hope to be normal, hardworking, functioning members of society who have relationships. They might not be perfect, but they're functional, mm-hmm. who understand their roles, yes. who understand good and bad. Yes. Morality and immorality, right? Yes. They're trying to keep these guys in that safe space so we can start believing in men again. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the whole point of Johnson. Yeah, you to can definitely tell they're again. making a conscious a conscious effort to give us a different like a different viewing of the men that don't get highlighted. Right. I really feel like that the men that typically don't get highlighted that may not get praised for right. not, you know, being in certain lifestyles, that these are good men too. They're right. not perfect, yeah. but they're good men. They're decent men. They're hardworking men. They're kind men. Yep. And also rational men that have the emotional intelligence to know, you know, when to have certain conversations like Gregory and Serena or, you know, the, the emotional intelligence, how Omar is dealing with his divorce. I think it gives us a healthy outlook. Yeah, and it takes them. away a lot of our stereotypes mm-hmm. that we have, like our preconceived notions, yeah. right? So this is why Omar is my favorite story. And ah, the reason why healthy. Omar is my favorite storyline, is, and this is why, because men who are as attractive as he is, yes, he is undeniably beautiful. Yes. Are often plagued by their own arrogance and ego. Yes. And it seems that Omar is devoid of ego. Yes. And I love that because we don't believe those people exist. So he's sitting there and she's saying, um, you know, she filed on Friday. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, I see. And he said, that's even after she said, we give our marriage a try. So we see somebody that who could probably a, have. That was such a gut punch when I heard that. Yeah. Like, because this man can have any woman he wants and the guys know it they mm-hmm. ref- they talk about it yeah like down the line he wants his wife and it's just like it it's just very restorative it just makes you feel like yes they do exist yeah because you know my my whole theory on men period right mm-hmm. is that a man's ability to be faithful and when i mean faithful i don't really just mean like intimately or sexually faithful yeah but like faithful to his word Right. And faithful to his promises. Right. And then have fidelity. Right. right? Is in direct proportion to his access. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. This guy has access. Yes. And chooses his wife. And what is sad to me is that even though any, there are several different things that can come in between relationships and cause them to be completely um, interrupted that she hasn't held on to the value that this man is a rare breed uh, amongst men where he's fighting for his marriage. Even if she doesn't think, even if she feels that there has been a wrong, there's not an acknowledgement of um, honor. Like she doesn't acknowledge that right. he's honorable in that space where right. he wants his family. Right. And I thought, Hmm, that, I don't know what kind of person that is that that would feel that way. And um, I can't wait till we go furthermore into the season so we can kind of talk about how everything unfolds. But what I do, what I do love about um, Omar's storyline is that 
black men do fight for their relationships. I think a lot of us feel like, you know, um, and I'm speaking when I say us, I mean, you know, women of a certain age, you know, more more around, you know, people that live their lives around social media. I think because we have so much access to so many people and because it's just a, a we're bombarded with so many different options, you know, it can kind of seem like, oh, well, if we're done with this relationship, we're on to the next. We're on to the next girl. We're on to the next guy. When there are a lot of people carrying a facade, like, okay, I lost this girl, so I'm bouncing back with the next one, really behind closed doors, a lot of people are fighting for the people that they love. It may not be perfect. It may not be always great days, but we're fighting. Mm. We want to save what we've built. And, you know, I think that's why a lot of people, you know, kind of vicariously are like creating more broken souls out here because no one wants to be honest and say, hey, this person may have hurt me or maybe our relationship was perfect, but I do want to fight for them. So my ego is not bruised or I don't look crazy to social media. I'm just going to hop on the next train in order for me to restore my ego, restore my image, my persona. Well, shout out to them though. Shout out to, so, so just, just as a tidbit. So Deji LeRae, who plays Gregory is the creator. Ah, I did not know that. And yeah. And I think he wrote the show about four or five years ago and shout out to Thomas Q. Jones for being the showrunner. Okay. So. Shout out to them. Shout out to them because this lets me know that even if they're not this way in real life, mm-hmm. they acknowledge that these things exist. They have the capacity to understand. The, yeah. The, the, which yeah. is very telling. Yes. It's very telling because they could tell any story, but they chose to tell this one. Of course. So that's, that's very um, impressive for me. I, I was extremely impressed that they would choose these types of stories to tell. So within this whole situation, he finds out that, um, an unfortunate incident happens where he shows his anger and his wife is using that to try and take away his rights to his son. He wants joint custody and she wants complete Full custody. custody. Yeah. yeah. So um, his attorney has suggested anger management, but she didn't suggest it because she so much believed it. She suggested it as like a counterpunch. Mm-hmm. So if they say, Hey, you know, he's got all these things going on. He's, he's got bad behavior, blah, 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 blah. He looks responsible and accountable. So she kind of uses that as like a strategy to say, he may have done these things, but look what he's done in the meantime right. to make these things right. Right. So, you know, it, it is definitely um, kind of interesting what he's willing to go through to save his marriage. Once we leave. Once we leave Omar, who's next? We leave Omar and we go I think into Jarvis. No, Jarvis. Jarvis. Oh, yeah. We do go into Jarvis. Yes. Yes. Jarvis. Jarvis' storyline is, um, it's like, for me, it's like, um, it's like a peeping time. I don't really know much about what's going on at the neighbor's house, but it looks interesting. So I just be like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, because of 
his his profile, right? Yes. You would be looking. Jarvis is a realtor. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not just a realtor. He owns a firm. Yes. And he sells high-end properties. Yes, and very successful. He's extremely successful. Yes. He sells high-end properties. He's newly lo- relocated to Atlanta from Connecticut, mm-hmm. um, which is absolutely bougieville. That's a whole nother kind yeah. of money, Connecticut. And if he's selling multi-million dollar properties in Atlanta, he clearly was selling multi-million dollar properties there. He must have been a, there. Lead, a lead seller in Connecticut. And it's his, and it's his, and it's his firm, right? Okay. He's selling an amazing um, home, really an estate or a mansion. I was going to say that was, yeah. it looks more like a mansion. Like a mansion yeah. estate to uh, a white couple that's clearly on some other shit. <laughs> oh, you know what they on? They they on some old. They alluded to some things. Yes, they did. They on some old <laughs> swappy swappy. I don't know if I want to be invited to and that let's party. Let's be clear. Jarvis is handsome, played he by is. Derek Brady. He is, He's a he good is. looking man. So the wife is like, "Hey, boo." <laughs> <laughs> and the husband, which is even more disturbing, is like, "Well, if you like it, I love it." Yeah, which is crazy. But he slips and called Jarvis. Calls Jarvis. Lamar. No, Jamal. Oh, Jamal. Jamal. That's what he calls him. Yeah. I thought that was a little bold for the writers to make it that blatantly obvious. Yeah, that white people do that. Yeah. I thought that was bold. The Anglos do that. Well, you know what I thought was (laughs) the Anglos. But you know what I thought was really interesting? Mm -hmm. But Jarvis thought it disrespectful to correct him. Yes. I was not expecting that at all. Yep. He thought it disrespectful. Like, I don't need to plead my case. This is my agency, my firm. And you can tell because how, how he did it with so much class, it's happened before. Class and grace. Class and grace. It rolled off his back like his name was Jamal. Well, not even that. Maybe it wouldn't, maybe it wasn't that they got his name wrong, but maybe it was just the disrespect that the Anglos will show inadvertently. Yes. To black sellers, right? No, I know, but I, 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 and, and that's completely correct. But yeah. I feel like the attitude he took, he knew, like, this happens. Sure. They, they do this. Sure. So my best bet to keep my, in, keep who I am intact uh-huh. and to make sure they know I'm not who you think I, I am. Yeah. I still show them respect and we, and we just keep rolling because, a different type of Jarvis. He might have been Jamil. He might have been like, "Well, sir, my name is," and that could have cost him the sale. It right. could have it could have cost him the whole contract. So I think I think someone that seasoned in 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 that and and as the conversation goes on about him letting him know that he's not an agent, he's the owner. Yeah, because he says, "Oh, are you?" He says, "Hey, you know, does your agency?" You know, do, do we have the best man for the job? Does your agency have the right person here for such a complex sale? And Jarvis says, well, to be honest, this is the least expensive property I've sold. Yeah. And sir. He, you know, by the way. Sir. Anglo. By the way. Go, black man. Go, black man. Go. <laughs> and he says, oh, really? So are you um, the lead agent? He says, I'm the owner. And that was even more sexy to the little raggedy 
wife. Oh, yeah. Right after that, she was like, babe, should we invite invite him? him? Yeah. Girl. Sit your ass down. No, you can't invite him. That black man don't want you, babe. No, he don't. He got his own. But that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting All right, now we get into the meat and potatoes. So we go now into, um, into Keith. Wait, we're not going to talk about Jarvis's love interest? Well, we're going to talk about Jarvis's love interest when we get to the portion of the show where it comes up right. in conversation. See, right? I'm too eager. Okay. I'm, I know. I'm, I'm eager I'm, too. Don't be mad. Okay. So now we're here we are with Keith. Poor Keith. Keith is a photographer. He's an artist. You know, poor Keith. I say poor Keith. You know, poor Keith. He's I, a photographer. I love He's Keith. used to everything that we about to talk about. Keith is shooting um, the beautiful Bianca Torres, played by Rosa Acosta. Yes. Shout and out to Rosa. Tell me about Rosa. Listen, Rosa has been probably the epitome of every man's fantasy for a very long time. She's very beautiful. She's very beautiful. Um, and she just has this very bubbly, lighthearted personality. She has a lot of relationships, of course, with a high profile man, of course. What was her current? Do you know? Uh, currently, I don't think she's dating anyone that's um, readily recognizable to the public eye. She kind of keeps her dealings off the internet as much Anybody as Anybody in the past that we you should know? About. She's been linked to a lot of high profile men, like, probably like Drake, you know, the Drakes of the world and like those uh-huh. type of, you know, runnings. I don't know if anything's real or fake of what, you know, what's st- stuck or not, but. She's just one of those video vixen girls that, you know, that with their job comes with a reputation, whether it's true or false. Her beauty has paved the way. Yes. Shout out to the Latinas. Shout, shout out to Rosa. Um, so, yeah. So Keith, uh, played by Philip A. Smythe, is smitten. Yes. And rightly so. She's, she's low-key dreamy for a guy, I guess. No, Rose, she's beautiful. I and mean, I get it. She is, she strikes me, right? Mm-hmm. As someone who's just trying to figure it out and get by until she can do better. That's the kind of vibe I get. I don't get that there's a malicious vibe, but I guess she's playing him. She's playing him. And I don't think that. How, how it appears in a show. You know, in the first episode, it looks like it's a little, it's a little, uh, cat and mouse game going on. And she's kind of using her womanly, you know, her pheromones. Yeah. To kind of get, get a little without giving too much. Well, I think what's happening is he's such a sweetheart, right? Mm-hmm. And she sees that she can get away with not getting up off no dough. And it doesn't seem like she or has his credit. enough. Or she doesn't seem like she has enough. But she realizes that her bread and butter is the internet. Yes. Instagram is her. It's how she's going to eat. That's how a lot of women are eating. And she's going to take these pictures and he's going to shoot her. And he is not just a photographer, but he's an artist. He's a real photographer. Yeah. Yeah. He's just smitten by her. Right. Or with her. Right. And um, mentions to her, hey, you know, my payment. She was like, oh, I thought this was going to be basically an even exchange. I kind of tag you and you shoot, you know, 
I tag you and you shoot and you shoot me. And he goes, yeah, but the last time we did this. So this is the second session. Yes, this is the second encounter. The second encounter. Last time you forgot to tag me. Yes. So now you got to pay me Mm -hmm. because there's no value. There's no even exchange of value. Right. I'm giving you something. You're not giving me nothing. Right. And she's, oh, I'm so sorry. And plays like, I forgot. Now, the thing that I find interesting is what, why would it benefit her to, I really think she just overlooks him because he's such a nice guy. Cause what would it benefit her not to tag him? Well, it, well, no, it, it does. So this kind of goes into now we could talk about the reality of that, of that small segment. Okay. Um, the reality of it is sometimes, um, women that use photographers mm-hmm. to take these wonderful, great pictures, they don't tag them because um, it can create business for them for other women that are trying to get these looks and these pictures so they can also monetize oh, so they online. Don't share. Yeah. It's kinda it's kinda like, you know, the girl with the dope sneaker collection that don't want to tell nobody who her sneaker plug is. Because then everybody is yeah. gonna shop with them and then the value goes down because I'm the only you know what I'm saying? It's like having a rare collection of Jordans. Got if it. everybody got a pair, then they're not rare anymore. Got it. So um that's why a lot not saying that she is doing that in a show, but in real life a lot of um, people that make their living on the internet, it behooves of them to have a hairstylist that everybody can't have access to, a photographer, a videographer, you know, right. it, it makes them a commodity. So th- a lot of that goes on. And unfortunately, you know, photographers, you know, they get the, the, the bad end of the stick because they're not making money off their photos. Once you let them online, they can do whatever with whatever the photos. And um, it just shows what photographers go through in a constant fight of them trying to get credit and get paid for their work. And mm. it's extremely, it's it's an extremely um big thing on the internet. It's common. It's very common. Wow. Unfortunately. Shout out to the photographers. Yeah, shout out to the photographers. And Keith for trying his best to believe in her. Second go round. Yeah. And she's going to pay him by Zelle. Or Venmo on Friday. Shout out to Venmo for the shout out. (laughs) (laughs) So now the guys are at the pool hall. Yes. Oh, and um, they're talking about yes. So yeah. So what they're talking about is that Keith is bragging about his date because he makes a date with her. Oh yeah. Yeah. Before she leaves, he makes a date with her, and she she's. The scene opens. I'm going to take her to Papa Do's. I bought her some white roses. Yes. And Jarvis is like, dude, I don't even do that for my wife and I'm married. And then... Um, I forgot who it was, but somebody said, you need to step your game up. That's... Yeah. Somebody <laughs> said to him, you need to step your game up. Oh, Gregory said, Gregory you need said, to step, you need step, your, step your, game your game up. And then what happens is Omar shout remembers... Out black, shout out to black men holding their friends accountable. Okay. That okay. part. Omar remembers. And Omar says, hey, not for nothing, but she owes you money. Like, don't yeah. spend over $50 because yeah, yeah, yeah. this girl owes you money. And that's when there's a plug for Bar Taco. Shout out to Bar Taco. Where so Jarvis is like, hey, get the steak tacos and margaritas. They go hard Jarvis for under $40. Up. 
And you can, you know, it's a decent spot and, you know, you Shout ain't low Shout out to the bar taco in Midtown. Right. Yeah. Well, I think West Marietta. Yeah. And then not, and you ain't spending a whole lot of money. Mm-hmm. And then I think Gregory said something about, you must really like this bitch. And everybody's, whoa. That took me out. Well, the reason I think they say, whoa, it's not like they never heard it before. But I think the code is within the guys, if you like a girl, it, yeah. it, it, you, you're not calling him a bitch. Yeah. You must re- know something about what, something about this bitch. And all the guys are, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because basically, you don't call out your boy's girl. Yeah. And call him a bitch. Now they clearly defined it with us, with for us as the audience by saying some of these hoes is bitches. Yeah, no, for sure. And then the other ones that we really love are ladies. Yeah, they they gave women. us a they gave us a nice way of letting us know that men do categorize categorize some women as bitches. Sure. And then, the, but the ones I like that I'm kind of sweet on, you know, she not no she not no b word. Okay, right. she not right. no bitch. Right. So then she's, he, he said, oh, and then when they, they, oh, he goes, when they, damn, I didn't know you was in love. So that lets that us Such know. an asinine statement. But that's real shit. Men, course, they. He does not have to be in love with her to not call her a bitch. When they were mortified, the guys were mortified, <laughs> not were. just Keith. No, they were. They all were like, whoa, 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 man. And then that's so when they hell. say, hey, you know, um, you know, they call us, I think one of the conversations that we were having earlier before this was, hey, we say niggas. They call, we say niggas here and there. And they, and the guy says, well, I mean, as long as, Omar says, as long as they don't call, well, I know white folks say niggas, as long as they don't say it to us. Yeah. And then I think Gregory says, like your wife, Jarvis. Yes. And so now we know that, that Jarvis's, Jarvis's wife, wife is white. white. Oh my God. That was perfect. Right. And he says, you know, my wife doesn't say it. And then um, I think um, either Keith or Omar says, oh, you mean not even in a DMX song? I think it was Keith. I think he it was, was Keith. And, and then Jarvis says, my wife don't really listen to hip hop like that. And basically the, the consensus is no shit because she's an Anglo. And so it's a heavy, <sighs> you know, he's like, yeah. you know, basically, you know, offended. You know, that that's a, that, yeah. that he's being called out. He's like, I'm sick of being called out for this. And I th- and I think it's so unfortunate because I there are white people that understand the power that word has and the and how negative and disrespectful it is, and they do not say it. However, um unfortunately, you know, that word is was kind of you know, weaved and, you know, threaded into their DNA so early. It's so hard for us to know that there's some good white folks because there's still so many that use it in a derogatory way. Right. So it's, it's, it's unfortunate for Jarvis, but unfortunately he, he's probably going to have to wear that on his chest everywhere you go. Yeah, he is. And he fights about it quite, yeah. quite a lot yeah. in, in the, in the season. So now we're on the word bitch and everybody's offended that that Greg called her out as a bitch. Mm-hmm. And then when Omar snatches the phone from Jarvis, he goes, let me see that and realizes that she's an Instagram model. Yes. And one of her hashtags, I think, is bad bitch. Yes. That's when um, 
Greg is like, hey, her, her shit's, or, or, or Omar, her shit says bad bitch. And then, and then that's when I think Jarvis either says it, either Jarvis or, or Omar said, well, they can say that. Right. That's their culture. Women's culture. No, it's Keith. Women's culture. Which is they a, can, say, they can that. say that. We can't say that. But, you know, another thing, too, about that scene that is so telling is how the boys kind of bigged up Keith because she was an Instagram girl. Yeah. And she was, they quote unquote called her a celebrity because she how many followers she had. And she was verified. And she was verified. And I think that was so interesting because, unfortunately... Um, I think women only kind of get the the rap for that. Like we like to chase the blue checks, so we got a blue check in our DMs, and we like to follow all the rappers and the entertainers and the actors with the blue checks. But you know, some men do kind of quantify a verified check from a woman as like a step up, like yeah. it's like it's like it's a badge of honor. And again, another way they show us we are more similar than we are different. Like yeah. we value certain things. Yeah. Um, and I, and, and you made a, a great point that Keith, you know, he dapped him up. He didn't lead with that, but he kind of dapped him up. Like, yeah, he yeah, didn't lead you, with it because it had, had, had Omar not asked for that phone, they wouldn't have known that she was. They wouldn't have a, known because he didn't lead with that. He didn't lead with it because he likes her. Because he likes her. But, you know, it don't, but he was it proud, don't help. Though. It he don't was, help, though. He was proud that she was, you know, an influencer or a model. Yeah. He was like, that's right. But reality was, had they not asked, he wouldn't have said anything. That's very true. And I thought I thought that was tasteful of, of him course. to not kind of well, wear her like guy. a trophy. He's yeah. a good guy. You know yeah. what I mean? In a sea of, and, and, and not present company included, but in a sea of bad men. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. He's a good He's a good guy. He's so bad. then they see Uncle Eugene. Played by D.L. Hughley, one of my favorite comedians in the entire hey, world. D.L. You be crushing on D.L. Oh, I be crushing on some D.L. You're so funny. I don't crush on too many of them in that in that DL bracket. D.L. is an, in my, definitely my intellectual crush. But he plays um, Uncle Eugene or Eugene Johnson, who is a radio personality who gives advice and covers all kinds of topics. And while they're all uh, talking to him, um, Keith um, is responding to Bianca. She wants to know what to wear on their date. Yeah. And he thinks that he's taking some footage of him. He's like, hey, yo, young blood, don't don't take no footage of me because I have to. Um, I don't want to be on social media. So long story short, they find out that he is talking to Bianca. And he's like, my lady, but my lady, you know, says, oh, now she's your girl. She's your girl. So <laughs> uh, Uncle Eugene says, hey, listen, you need to set a honey trap. I hate the honey trap. I hated it too. It was so disrespectful. If you're not sure if this girl is checking for you for real, you need to get somebody to set a trap and see if she falls into it. Everybody agrees. Let Omar do it. And this is where we know that all the guys know that Omar could be a ladies man if he wanted to be one. And he chooses not to. And they choose Omar. They don't choose Gregory. They don't choose anybody else. They choose Omar. You seen your Instagram? And Omar's like, yo, I don't want to be involved. Right. No, come on. We got to make sure she's she's true. Like, we got to make sure. You know what I don't like about the honey trap? It's because if the roles were reversed and we set a man up with the honey trap, the effect is not the same. No. Because some, some men just flirt just the past time. 
Cause or, they always, or the smash. Or the, or the smash and it's no, it's no intentions for it to be and anything more no, than that. And it's no real gauge of, of really quality how they, of, they just quantity over quality. Yeah. Like sometimes men just, you know, they flirt just to see yeah. if they still got it. It's tip, it's so unfair, honestly. Yeah. It's like flirting for them is very trivial. So if a woman takes out the time to flirt with you and try to get to know you nine times out of 10, it's, it's with intentions for there to be something more. So we learned that he does leave his phone number on her DMs mm-hmm. because he's kind of coerced by his crew, by his, by his yeah. little clan. Poe um, po Omar. Yeah, because they set him up for the okie doke. And yeah. it's all bad because of course, of course, right? Of course she's going to bite. Of course. And we then go into um, Greg going home to his booski. Yes. And another kind of new intimacy, right? Yes, 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 yes. Let's not let's not have sex, but you can show enough oil my scalp. Oh yeah. That was a whole vibe. I was like, yes. And shout and shout out to their dynamic and I'm telling you, they're my favorite. Because I think it's awesome to find healthy ways to demand what you want from your partner without uh-huh. degrading him, mm-hmm. berating him, you know, just making him feel like whatever he does is not enough. Mm-hmm. You value what he does, but you but you're asking him in a way that you're like, look, you do this, you do that, and I love you for that. I appreciate right. you for that. You the man. Right. Now be the man that oils my scalp. <laughs> All right. That is very sexy. It's very sexy. And very sweet. And um, and I love how he just submitted to it with no of pushback. Course, but okay, I'll do that. Okay. All right. We'll 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 do this. So we leave that scene and we're now um seeing Keith bring Bianca home from their date at Papado. He said he was taking her to Papado. Okay. Okay, okay. Shout out to Keith for Papado. I would eat everything on the yeah, menu. Yeah, those, yeah. And then he comes and she lives in the absolute hood. Replete with a blow-up mattress. And he, under his breath, goes, she got the king-size blow-up inflatable. <laughs> she, he's like, what the fuck? Honestly. And, and, and he's like the least judgmental, right? He is. But he's shocked by her reality, where she is in life. I think that scene was so necessary. Yeah, because now... Because that's the reality for a lot of these women that are trying to monetize their pages and their IG girls. Man, this like, is such it, a different it life takes, from what I It lived. takes... I remember seeing an interview, just real quick, I seen an interview with Amber Rose. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yo, I was the most famous woman on the planet when I was dating Kanye. Yeah. Every woman was. had a bald head. With platinum, platinum balls. Mi- I had millions of followers and I was broke. Look at that. I was sleeping on my friend's couch. Look at that. And I was broke. And unfortunately, a lot of men don't know that a lot of them live like that. A lot of them, it's four or five of them in, in a two-bedroom apartment and they splitting the bill because they all trying to get on their same bully. They all trying to get on their same shit. And yeah. I salute a lot of them, but it's necessary so you can understand even the girl that is the beautiful on yeah. on Instagram, 
she hustling too. She getting it out the mud just like the person that worked the nine to five. Right. right it's still right, a job. So that that was that was humanizing yeah, for Bianca. And, and and that was a real that brought us current to what really goes on behind the scenes. Right. And then she hustles him yet again. She doesn't have his money. He's scared to mention it. And when he tries to mention it, she's she acts as if she doesn't know. He doesn't know what she's saying. What? What are you saying? And it forces him to not be in a, in his mind rude, right? So right. he then opts not to mention it. And then he leaves after, you know, he doesn't get anything out of this whole experience with her. The hustler gonna hustle. Ain't ain't they? Yeah. We're now back on our last seconds of the show. Okay. And we see poor Omar, which looks like he's at a hotel. Mm-hmm. Which he must have been staying at since yeah. he's going through his where di- he must have been staying since going through his yeah, divorce. Yeah, through his divorce, for sure. Um, it was very kind of like um, Jamie St. Patrick to me. <laughs> he oh, was, th- no. you know, I'm going to think everything is Jamie St. Patrick. Jamie is dead. Jamie he is, is dead. not dead. We'll Jamie get to that. is dead. Um, okay. So he's laying there trying to rest and the phone rings and of course she bit the honeypot bullet. She bit it. God damn. She's like Eve in the fucking pomegranate and the snake. I can't be mad at her, though. I would have been, too. Yeah, he's beautiful. Keith should have never said that was his girl. They is not together yet. She's still single. She she can see what's going on with Omar. um, He should have stuck with his statement. That's a no for me. Yeah, he didn't stick with that. He he let them coerce him, and they coerced Omar. Omar. It's just bad. And he finds out after trial, he's sleeping. After the girl continues to say, "Hey, you 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 came up in my DMs," and then he goes, "Bianca," and then we're out. Shit. So she fucking bites the bullet. I can't remember. Do they do they kind of shoot that like that's in the same night? Yeah. Like he, after Keith oh, leaves, so no, no, no. she she Let me she backtrack a few sec- seconds. Yeah, because I can't she remember the timeline on that. At, in her apartment. She's sitting next to him on the bed oh. next to Keith. And she's saying, oh, I'm answering somebody. He's so thirsty. That's right. And she, he, says, she, he says, oh, you don't really answer those, right? She goes, no, of course I don't care about these. And while she but while, while she's, she's texting while she's probably Girl, responding get a to grip him. and then if she texts him back and he doesn't respond then she calls but he can't respond anyway because he's asleep damn it man oh i thought it'd be a thought girl the, the hustle gonna keep hustling now she gonna keep doing what she gonna do well i guess and that's, that's the end of episode one that that is the end of episode one I can't wait for episode two because it gets to the. It, it gets, gets to, to it. Gets to. Yeah. I know. All right. So, episode one of Johnson, episode one of Binge Podcast. Yes. All right. It's a wrap. Open up, 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 open up,